Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies. Yes, what a guest we've got today. It's the godfather, the boldest dick in Scottish football, Dick Campbell. <laughs> How you doing, mate? All right? I'm good, mate. I'm a bit better dressed than yourself. <laughs> is that Stephen oh, Doris's old suit? this is a big interview today. <laughs> Where am I? Is that Stephen Doris's old suit? Aye. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> get a choice. Um, not just a manager, entrepreneur. What a man. God gave you it all. This is your own bit, you and your brother's business as well. This is the, my brother's business. He's the entrepreneur. So he's the boss? He's the boss, aye. He owns, he owns all this. We've got another couple of companies that, that he owns as well. So, How do you uh, take to him telling you what to do? <coughs> it's really funny because during the day he tells me what to do and at night time I tell him what to do. <laughs> but when you're twins, to be honest with you, we... We're telepathic anyway, and we, we know exactly what's going on. I've no, we argue every single day. Do you right? football. So see you work, see you work during the day, he's constantly talking about football? Or do you time. leave it there? Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, you can see the place that's around about. We can sit and uh, pick a few teams. and um, he, he usually has, uh, has a say in everything that we do. But the ultimate saying will be me. What's the, what's the disagreement usually about players? Ah, so always the players' systems, right? Shapes. Uh, uh, um, he's a very, very qualified uh, coach. Ian. He's the top grade coach. He's come. He's he's earned the right to have an opinion. Yeah, he's not been as great as good as me right now. But <laughs> I keep telling him that. But no, I, you couldn't do what I've done with him. So thirty-two year, over thirteen hundred games, ten promotions as a manager, which you never stopped talking about. He's still living life in the dugout. The only reason I talk about it is nobody else does. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a quite a faint. Uh, do I still enjoy it? If I didn't do it, I was I, I just. You know, if I didn't enjoy it, I would chuck it tomorrow. Mm. Football Saturday's football day. 
you get up in the set in the morning and um, you have your post eggs and the rest of it, and you get away to the football, and no matter what happens, um, come three o'clock, it's just, there's just something in football management that makes you inspired. I get more inspiration for being a manager than I did when I was a player. Did you? I wasn't a particularly good player, so. Because you liked the fag and a pint you told us earlier. I liked the fag. I smoked a lot before I got diagnosed with the cancer. Uh, I smoked heavily. I would have a fag at Celtic and Rangers at half time, along with two or three others at that time. On me, on me, on. <laughs> is, this, is that why you like the team talks? He's the manager speaking? Aye, I would, no, you wouldn't. You would hear a fag at half time. You know, I would tend not to be bad mannered and hear a fag when he's talking. But, um, Man, I got diagnosed with cancer and never, I've not even thought about a cigarette for the day. I've seen what smoking done to me. Um, and I wish I hadn't have done that. And I liked a pint as well. Um, I just didn't treat the game. It wasn't the be-all and end-all for me when I was a player. Mm. It wasn't, a, it was important to me, but I didn't live like my brother Ian for a game of football, you know. Uh, we were at a pub and I worked in the dockyard. There was a uh, a manager in the dockyard eventually, or an estimator, um, which was down the road. And see, when I think back on it, I often wish I'd never left the dockyard because uh, the pensions are all getting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it just strangely ended up. John Ritchie got me involved, gave me a hand out and all the rest of it, and then. Um, the rest is history. I end up going down and doing all my coaching badges and mm. all that, and met all the all the stars, the White Smiths, and Alex Ferguson's, and oh, Archie yeah. Knox's, and Bones, and Jockey Scotts, and you name it. Uh, Ross, oh, uh, Frank Coulson's the more. They've all been good to me, and they're all friends of mine. But I never ever dreamt that I could be a coach. Why not? Because. Uh, it was a strange one for me because see, come three o'clock, somebody blew a whistle. It, it kind of got me motivated. Uh, whereas my brother Ian, he would go, uh, he would go at two o'clock and warm up, and he would the eighteen yard box, the eighteen yard box. I used to get tired watching them. <laughs> you know, I would sit and watch the horses or something. Right? Um, but then it all changed really when I started to go into coaching. I started to get into preparation. And I started to get into the organisational side of things, the psychological side of things. And you get to you get to become a manager. And uh, what's the role of a manager is to get the best of the resource you've got, certainly. But it all become, you know, I tell a story about when I went down to Larks. Uh, David Wall was the David Wall was the chairman of the Brecon City and he was also the president of FIFA. Not a lot of people know that. Wow. Uh, and I didn't think people in Scotland respected that as well, I would have to say. Anyway, I remember him saying to me, Dick, I had to retire, right? I was only 30 years older. And, uh, I was getting bored with my knee, and I had three boys, and I missed three Mondays in the trot. And I said, I can't, I can't have a board missing my work and the rest of it. So I said, I can bugger it, I'll, I'll stop it anyway. David phoned me. He says, would you reconsider retiring Dick uh, we think you've got some qualities to, to go into coaching we would like uh, would you consider going down to Largs and I thought Largs 
what's with that about, you know? And then there was an article in the Daily Record that week saying that Largs, Largs was the, the most popular uh, holiday resort in Scotland. There were eight birds to one boy in so it. you were saying ah, that'll do for me. Run, <laughs> run ten of them. Uh, and he says, uh, and of course, we'll give you some out-of-pocket expenses. And that was me. I says, all right, I'm in. He uh, goes down and uh, one thing led to another. Did, must have done reasonably well uh-huh. anyway. Two or three year passes and you get all your badges then. Unbelievably, the year after I passed my, my A badge, they invited me back to staff and it was a big big uh, a big thing uh, for me it was a big thing because I mean you're looking at Alec Ferguson Watty Smith Archie Knox Willie McLean Jim McLean Dan McLean um, Jimmy Bone Alex Smith you name it Chalky Scott and me Four hundred and eighty-six reserve games. <laughs> <laughs> See just on the playing careers though because you were a youth player at Dundee United you mentioned Walter Smith Walter Smith was with you at that time. What was a 21-year-old Walter Smith like? Look, I've, I've said that one. We went to stay. We, we signed for Dundee United um, and I stayed in Seafield Road and, and my, uh, brought a ferry. Lovely. And Walter, there was 14 years in the, in the house. And you can see right away Walter had qualities then at 21. He had us all up in the morning, had us all really? immaculate and away. We were working like school burns. But what he was in charge, he didn't, uh, you know, I never had any. And of course, when you live with somebody, you get to really friendly with them, you know. Mm. But I have a lot to say about Walter because he looked after me in that time when I was needing looked after. The lovely guy. And you still speak to him now, huh? Very close to you, Walter, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, my gran was kicking about Dundee about that time, you never. I think she probably, she didn't have any goofy people Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant was it carnage though see when you went up there with the digs with 14 boys <laughs> no I tell you what seriously I'd served my time as a um, a shipwright right and you had to transfer from Rosyth Dockyard because your dad always said to you at that time get yourself a trade son right mm-hmm. so rather than go full time with Indian United I went up to go full time but to keep my trade I had to do two days a week at Rob Caledon so I had to go to Rob Caledon some days to the shipyard for the football house, if you like. Mm-hmm. And uh, but every time you went there, they were out on strike. So you end up going to the football. <laughs> you didn't know if you were going to work or going to the football. Um, and, and, and I kept my apprenticeship going. I went down to, back to Rosyth. Brilliant. Uh, you said that you didn't really fancy getting into the coaching. Why do you think that was? Did you just notate well, an interest? What did I do to qualify for that? I mean, I wasn't exactly a great player. And so was there not a manager that inspired you and thought, I would like to uh, do that? Dougie Houston was my mentor right. uh, at that time. Um, Dougie, Dougie used to say after him and Henry Hall, they came to Brecon. Brecon was a great club. Great, great club. Great people. And um, Dougie always used to say in his time at Brecon that my brother and I and John Ritchie looked after the dressing room. And I've tried to apply that to my principles now. Senior players have got to be treated like men and let them run the dressing room for you. And there's one thing good about a senior player is that it can do all that for you. But the bad thing about a senior player is having a bad attitude. So Dougie was brilliant with me. And then, of course, when I went into Largs, can I say something about Brun? Go for it. Craig Brown is, um, uh, apart from being a lovely guy, right? Uh-huh. 
I don't say very nice things about Bryn, but um, he is. He's a lovely guy. He really is. He's an exceptional coach. People, contrary to what you think, he's record for managing in Scotland. He's better than all than everybody. Yes, he's, he's is he, well, he was, was he the best coach there at Largs? He would be up there amongst them all, yeah, because he, he he believed in his confidence and um, he was very very good at what he was putting over. What he was presenting was very good at. in terms of his presentation skills and his um, organisation skills were phenomenal and. Do you know what else is he was big at? His loyalty. When I went down to, to I mean, he's brought this fucking reserve team player for Dunfermline, do you know? Mm-hmm. And put him on the staff. And then you've got some guys, big names in Scottish football, saying, why am I going down to Largs? Dick, I was a better player than Dick Campbell and all the rest of it. And I don't believe in the mafia thing. If it's good enough for Jock Steen and Alex Ferguson, it's good enough for any anybody. So I don't buy all these people. The ones that moan about the, the the large mafia are the ones that didn't go and failed for me. Right. They've all got too much to say for themselves. But uh, see, Brown is very loyal. I wasn't working, sorry. I wasn't a couple of times when it come to the staff. I'm thinking, Ugh, well, I'm not working. I've been sacked or whatever the case may be. But he was loyal to me, yeah. and I, and I thought the world of that. He always kept on coming back to me and saying, No, no, Dick, I need you in here and, and that sort of stuff. Right. But the funny story I tell about him is uh, he, he, had a, he had a wee bit of Burton Brown. He was a handsome wee <laughs> bugger, you know. <laughs> but I remember when he was winching the, wee, the young lassie, it was well documented that um, she was quite young, right? Mm-hmm. And the system one day were walking up for the train ground. I said, you're looking off it down the myth, Brown. What's, what's up with you? He says, uh, ah, he got worried about the morning. I says, what's happening in the morning? I'm going to meet the birds, the parents. I says, oh, you can handle that. You can talk the hind legs off a donkey. I says, what's the problem in the morning? He says, her mum and dad are 25 years younger than me. Christ, I'm not sure when they tell me that one. But, uh, Has he got a good part of that? <laughs> oh, so he could. But in business, shy. How good was the social scene down there? Oh, though? sensational. <laughs> sensational. Because, uh, I mean... <laughs> They don't get any better than, than the guys I've talked to about Jimmy Bowe and Chalky Scott. Um, Chalky has this image that he comes across as being a wee crabbit. Uh-huh. He is, but um, he's just a lovely human being as well. Jimmy Bones, you'll never beat anybody for one-liners like Jimmy Bowe. And Archie Knox, you know, I left the carry out one time, I don't know if... Uh, Brown to- Scott, uh, uh, Craig Brown told it. I was, I was a social convener when I first started, yet to do an apprenticeship. Donald Park took care for me after it. And we went and got a big carry for this trip. We had a couple of days off, so we went across to Millport. And, and I left the carry by accident, you know. Brown, <coughs> I'm not kidding, Archie Knox had me up the forecastle deck. I thought he was going to drop me off. I'm not kidding. Archie was going <laughs> to He's a scary guy, isn't he? He was. He was. But I was, I'm a very close friend of Archie's now. And, uh, but the social side of things were, they were, I mean, John McMaster, for God's sake, go back to all these times and, um, who else was all the other? Everybody you can think of in Scottish football, um, we thought was a great social life. If if um, what I told you what to do, or or um, Brown told you what to do, or Andy Roxford or something, it wasn't as bad as what everybody made it out to be because the players went down there at the end of the season and they enjoyed themselves. Yeah. But uh, never ever did any of us miss a, 
miss a session the next morning. So what would it be? Just finish training and then straight to the boozer? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, you would go for an ice cream first. You go for a wee shandy, but no, you were. Uh, we'd go and get cleaned and sort it out. It was, it was good because you learnt yourself. I, I learned an awful lot of uh, my peers at that time. It's certainly in hindsight, um, it set me up in the, for my future experience. And I think, you know, without being silly and putting my serious head on again, you can see this set up here. We're in recruitment and we tend to interview people for jobs and we address it to the job description. It amazes me, amazes me in life how we keep sacking managers, right? They keep, 20, 24 managers lost their job last year, right? Uh -huh. 42. <clears throat> More than half their managers lost their job. I've never seen 24 chairmen walk. Mm. And what they do is they tend to take a player out of the dressing room and make him a manager. I just think that, you know, the odd one will get through the net and make it, right? But I was nine years under Bert Payton. I learned my apprenticeship. And if you look at uh, Fergie even going to Man United, why do managers no learn their trade? But, I mean, if you look, I'm not saying for a minute that you can't make it, yeah. but you need to have, I think James McBake's biggest uh, appointment is Jimmy Nicholl. Because if you look at the World Cup, in the last two World Cups, every semi-finalist manager's been over 50. I'm not saying that young managers can't do it. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's an easy out. It's an easy out for a chairman to get a player. A manager's job. Mm. They manage people. Yeah. Manage a budget. Do you know what managing means? We've got to do that every day in here. It's a complex feature. I'm at a stage now in my life where it's a doddle for me. Yeah. Because um, it's a success story for our both football club and uh, what the help that I can. I hardly, I hardly do a thing up there. It's usually thinking <laughs> and uh, Big Rab Douglas and John Young. Maybe I'm like, I'll follow the wild folks. It's, uh, it's me ultimately I'll get the sack right enough because it happens. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going on a wee bit now, but I just think that... Um, what happens in, in football now and related to my job in terms of recruitment. It's a shocking disgrace. With we'll come to chairmen's and owners in a bit. Just want to ask you a bit about Fergie, Alex Ferguson. Mm -hmm. You mentioned him there. Could you mm. tell straight away when you seen Alex Ferguson that he was going to, going to be one of the greatest? I think so. I think so. I remember um, two stories about Alec. Um, Alec... Um, um, see when you get sacked it's a worrying thing yeah. you know and and you get people like Walter Smith and Alec Ferguson saying to me, well what are you going to do now are you going to feel sorry for yourself or are you going to get on with it you know and I've had that for them are you going to get on with it you get on with it yeah. and, and stop feeling sorry for yourself I also feel that um, when I was young when I was young girl my first management job was Cowden Beef. Um, and I was in a reserve game one night, pouring rain, uh, and we were playing St. Johnson, right, in a reserve game. Now, in the stand was uh, 
Um, I like Taunton and Dirtain watching the game. And sometimes managers didn't go and watch. Under, it was an under-18 game. But who also was in the stand was Archie Knox and Alec Ferguson, who drove down for Aberdeen to watch an under-18 team at Cowden B. Wow. Because they're committed. You've got to be committed. You can't be lazy in this game. I'm fucked then. Ah, you're fucked. You're never, never getting back. You're never getting my team. No, you're never getting, you're never getting my gang. But I can phone up Jimmy Bond in the morning and say, Jimmy, can you go down to Dumfries in the morning? Bert, can you go and look at this player for me? Or Ian, I need something. You've got to do it. Didn't give me fucking reasons why you can't do it. That commitment shows you. And of course the rest, um, but don't, don't, don't forget what, what made Alec. Alec, Alec had a great respect for, um, camaraderie, team spirit, he was in the trade union, he was the chairman of all that, but he signed good players, Si. Mm. I mean, he, 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 must have, he must have took half a dozen players for St. Byrne to Aberdeen, yeah. who he knew, he better the devil you know than he didn't know. And you could see right away that Fergie was going to be the uh, top man. Could you get a laugh on him? Yeah. Or was he quite serious? Could you get a laugh on Oh, he's a funny guy. He's is he? Boy, yeah, of course he is. Uh-huh. Um, Bertie, please. Bert, see Bertie. Bertie's a very good friend of Alec Ferguson. And uh, Bertie used to tell me stories, and I used to be in awe of all the stories that Bertie used to tell me about the Dunfermline team in the 60s. Bert Payton, this is? Bert uh-huh. Payton. Two, two Cup semi-finals. Uh, two European Cup semi-finals are in. Uh, two Cup finals and lost the league by, by a point and all the rest of it. And Fergie was there. And now every day they would hear a fight. Fergie would hear a fight with somebody every day. They would just say, aye, right, who's in the box room today? Aye, Fergie's in. Who's fighting Fergie today? Because he had that mentality. I was a bit, I, I've got to say to you, myself and George Mackey were the two most cramorous bastards you ever played with. I didn't like anybody who had quite a lot to say on the park. Yeah. I didn't like anybody that yapped back at referees or, anything, or yapped back at managers or anything like that. Me and George had each other with the throat every week and we remain to this day the best bumps, right. you know. Uh, but see when that whistle went, you just turned into what you are, uh-huh. you know. And, and I think Fergie had that fucking right through his whole career. He's probably still good at it. Uh-huh. You know? uh, Bert Payton, you mentioned there. What's your favourite Bert Payton story? Oh fuck, there are hundreds. There are hundreds. I'm telling you. Now. I remember Eddie Cunnington playing against. Uh, I didn't even remember. It was Derek McKinnison telling me the story. Right. Bert and I were at uh, East End Park. And uh, Derek McKinnis was on the bench for Rangers, right? And uh, Eddie Cunnington was playing left back and Brian Rodgers was playing for Rangers, right? So the two dogs were close together at East End Park. He used to come down the stairs, right? And we're sitting. And uh, the first half, seriously, Bert's had a bit go at Eddie for it. Then he died in it. Fucking Loudrop. Fucking show on my side and all that. Whatever he did, then he fucking dive into him, you know? Aye, Eddie's. All players are, oh, you've been the same yeah. side. Aye, aye. <laughs> uh, you know your head, but you haven't got a fucking clue what you're talking about, right? Anyway, three or four times. Fucking Bert said, what about that? Can- Cunnington, and he's here. So Bert says to me, I think, see you. See if you dive into Cunnington again. I'll take you off and you'll never play for this club again. Fucking stop diving on your life drop. What? Get tight to him and stop and then he'd keep your legs in the tannic. <laughs> well, fucking right in front of the dugout. <sighs> what do you call it? McInnes is standing there, warming up, stretching and all that. 
and fucking loud up gets the ball straight to his feet. Fucking Cunnington dives into him. Ty, he just <laughs> flicks out through his leg, you know, and fucking Cunnington come right after the pitch. Fucking landed right in front of Bert. Bert just looked at him and says, for fuck's sake, son. Then he watched sports scene the night. <laughs> he, was, he was the type of boy who would say to you, you know, he was the best. Can I say to you? In the nine year I worked with him, he was brilliant with me. And his thought process was I did most of the training, right? Yeah. Because Bert was of the opinion that I was good at it. I wasn't say he was the other opinion I was better than him at, but he was of the opinion I was good at it. So he just let do it. But he's the best I've ever seen. What young managers forget is, and I did as well. A manager now, you've got your own manager there at, at Peterhead side. Um, you've only got 10 minutes, maybe stroke 15 minutes to identify the weaknesses of your team, and the strengths of your own team, the weaknesses of the opposition and the strengths. It's not a long time. You've got to be precise and meticulous in your assessment of that because players trust you, right? Peyton's the best. Peyton is the best I've ever seen on the board at half-time, and you have to be like that. Uh -huh. But he always used to say to me when he was uh, when I, I, I was, uh, I remember, uh, was Alex Ferguson says to me, Dick, listen, son, why, why are you so aggressive when you're fucking out coaching, Dick? Confrontation will come to you anyway. Why the fuck are you so? You're wanting to fight everybody, Dick. I see the fellow, you mean to a fucking. Just enough funny way, you know. Was Jimmy Bone another guy that you learned all the Jimmy Bone. He was my assessor on my B license. He's, he's ruthless, isn't he? Well, like you say he's one liners, do you know what I mean? He nah, could just cut he you down. He was my assistant. He was my coach at Dunfermline. He was my assistant at Bartley Tissel. Love Jimmy to bits. Um, He's just been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, our And that makes him, uh, it's got to be the first. I think he's in four Hall of Fames. He's in Partick Thistles, he's in Norwich, he's in uh, St. Mum, he's in our broth. And he's a fantastic guy. And a lot of people don't know, I was Jimmy's best man. Right. He's a close, close friend of mine, you know. But for he's one still got Hey? He's still got the suit on for the wedding. What's the guy's out of his money? Uh, but I, and he's still, he's 70 year old last week. Is he? And he's still got that natural. He said something about failing sight. He's coaching or something because he was fucking, <laughs> he said he can do six eggs in a fucking that box or something like that. That was it. <laughs> um, what's the best, one, what's, the, what's the best put down one liner you've heard him say? Can you remember? Is he good in addressing him with, Jimmy, Putting players in their place. Jimmy would say to people, there's no a decision to be made, son, unless there's a decision to be made. You can't you like that. But see, when you analyse it, he's fucking right. Stop making decisions when there's no a decision to be made. I learned enough. I know that you couldn't even fucking look at Jimmy, but you were scared. He would cut you in two with a fucking, you know, listen, son, don't put your jacket on. Listen, son, you're a bad player. <laughs> You're a bad player, son, right? I'm not going to waste my time talking to bad players, right? You're a fucking bad player, all right? Then he would go and talk to somebody. But where he, where he was excellent in his twin striker play, him and Jockey Scott, have you ever seen the two of them working on twin striker play? It's to be, to be watched. Here we go, the game. For all the years you've been involved in the game, what drives you mad the most about the game? This could be a run. I'm hoping. 
I would have to say to you, in terms of players, you mean, or referees, or... Anything. Anything. I think the decisions that have been made to enhance the game of football have been wrong. Right. Right. We brought in this fucking sick, second thing fucking ten years ago. Nobody even talks about me. You know, you're supposed to hold the ball. Five. So one, two, three. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I don't see anything. Now they get, I mean, Alawa, they change the size of the fucking pitch because of the way they play. I, this second phase offside, oh, so fucking then my, my mm-hmm. boxing. I set up the, the stand now. Because oh, I, so, I, I sat up the stand. People think I'm suspended. Fuck, I'm not. You've got a lifetime I sat up the then. stand and I watch it. It's just, I just, the fans have got to be saying, I said, what the fuck's all that? But um, I just don't like the decisions that have been made. And the biggest thing that annoys me, Simon, um, when I think about it, I'm glad you asked me that. Thanks. Nobody's ever asked us. Mm, that's what was, that was my next question. Is it annoying that it's people that have never played or managed the game that are making these Nobody decisions? Nobody ever asked us. Never, never ask the football people. And I'm, I include, I think I've earned the right to be included in the football people. Uh, never ask us anything. Then they, 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 well, here's an example for you. How the fuck can you play <laughs> cup ties on the second week in July? I've got five players who are married on school teachers, part-time players, right, at Alma, uh, at Arbor. And the only time they get school holidays is the first two weeks in July. The SFA or the SS or the Scottish Football League or the association start the season with a cup tie on the 14th of July, signed players only. So you can't play trials, can you? Know you can't play a trailer. You can't. It's the most stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard in football. Jake, they just when forget was, about the lower leagues then. Jake, it's well, just no, the consideration. Part time clubs. Part time. Uh, I'm not too sure if some of the chairmen in part time clubs are just wanting to throw in an hour game so they get. But I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous that we start the season with a cup tie with signed players. We can't. So, so all the players you bring in for trials, like we did, we all played the game. But he would say, I am going in for pre-season training. And hopefully you'll maybe get to play a couple of games before the season starts. But you can't play them because they're signed players. That's fucking totally stupid. Um, uh, but again, they've never, ever come and asked us, so it doesn't surprise me. Okay, Right, chairman and owners. Always got on with your chairman? Well, the story <laughs> goes with the chairman is, is very... you go got to have a good relationship with your chairman. Right? Yeah. And I tell a story of... Uh, Hey, Brian McMaster, right? God bless him. He was my chairman at Partick Thistle. And uh, he passed away, Brian. He's a lovely guy. And Alan, his assistant, he took over. And he was a bit of a highfalutin guy, Alan, with being a lawyer and things like that, you know? So in fairness to Brian McMaster, he used to phone every single day at one o'clock, I used to call him Larry Marshall for the one o'clock guy. <laughs> he used to phone me every day. Right, right? On. Because oh, you need anything, Mr. Manager. And I thought it was a great thing to do. Anyway, three weeks passes. Alan's taken over. Ether Brown's away. Jimmy Bone says to me, Hey, Gaffer, can't, there must be something wrong here. This new chairman's no spoke to you in three weeks. I says, Well, there can't be a problem then. A couple of days passes. The phone goes, Jimmy. 
There's a chairman. Oh, she's hello, chairman. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You enjoying your new job? I'm not actually enjoying it, Dick. I says, well, I'm surprised, uh, because you haven't spoke to me for three weeks. I says, what is the problem? He says, the problem is I can't walk down Socky Hall Street. I'm used to walking down every day and I have a bite to lunch, but now I can't do that. I says, why is that? He says, because I get stopped with a disgruntled party Thistle supporter continually complaining about the poor performances of the first team. And I think that's your responsibility, don't you? I says, but I can sort that out in a minute. And how would you propose to do that? I says, didn't he fucking walk down so <laughs> <laughs> That was the first fucking time I got sacked, right? Uh, you need a, you need a, a rapport with... I've had... Um, you ever had a manager try to fight? My biggest... Speak to you about the dis- team on it? My biggest disappointment... Sorry. In, uh, my biggest shock was for her. I couldn't, I couldn't, but I'm still, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I was seven and a half years there at first, and but it got a wee sticky spell. But I mean, they were both with the fucking, they were after the boat with Sporting Post when I took over, <laughs> right? And uh, we had success all the time, and the club went from bottom down. Alistair was the, and I've spoken to him about it since. He probably uh, he's admitted that he, he maybe wouldn't do the same thing again. Mm. But I always remember. Um, I'm sitting down the press after the game, go beat one, nothing off the count, beat you. We hadn't won a game in 11 games. I think we'd drawn five and lost six. A lot of injuries and the rest of it. And he had went public and saying that we're, we're, you're not going to lose 11 games on my watch. <laughs> the new manager went in there, he must have been 15. <laughs> However, uh, it was funny because <clears throat> I'm doing the press in the office and the chairman walks in and I see him at the back. And I said, excuse me a minute, it's the press for you. I said, excuse me. And I said, are you all right? No, I'm not all right. I've had enough. And I said, oh, you're no fucking resigning, are you? He <laughs> says, no, you are. <laughs> that was the time we get in the sack. And you had to see the funny side of Brilliant. Uh, right, what about opposition managers? You've definitely had thoughts of them. <laughs> what's your, yeah, your favourite one? Well, I like Tony. I like Tony. Oh, he's a fucking topper. <laughs> we're doing a... We're doing a Dumbarton. And uh, you know, like Totty, Totty's got that squeaky voice, you know, and he's up shouting, Dumbarton, we're going well, and breaking, weren't they going well? And me and John Ritchie were in the dugout, and uh, Bert Payton and 
I like them in there, but and we were kind of playing with a four four one one or something like that. But the back were better, so we kind of kept it nice and tight, right? And we were keeping the ball and taking ten minutes on every set piece and all the rest. Of it. And I like talking shit. For fuck's sake, referee, this is no entertainment. They'll get the fucking game stopped, you know what I mean? And my boss, John Ritchie, he's done. I was about to cut you. I said, settled him, settled him, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he started out again, he's at the dog and he's pointing the fingers at, that's no entertainment. And he pointed the fingers right to John Ritchie, right? <laughs> John Ritchie's a goalkeeper, which fucking says it all, we know. John Ritchie says, <clears throat> Is it fucking entertainment you're one? I'll show you internet. He grabs him in the throat. I'll rip your fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen... I've never, I was barely jumped in between. I've never seen anybody go say white and boy. When I look back on uh, the young managers, I don't really... I, 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 I tend... Um, tell you what doesn't happen nowadays is... The drink after again. Thank you. I don't know if, if it's... I've not got the biggest office in the world, I've got to say to you, but I, 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 I'm socially... Uh, I go into the board gym uh, now and I have a gin and tonic based uh, service, do you know? No pints in him in there? No, no, you can't get pints at ours, bro. You can't, it's only a wee office. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody comes in for a crack. And, no, very Does that annoy you? Depends. I, I, I think that... I'm not that type of boy that I uh, use the hard lines of day and oh, oh, you just tell it as it oh, is. Fuck off. You're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky, bastards. Not the rest of you. We Do you know how to take oh, that now? It's fucking down. I was telling the boys earlier on. I I I, I go in every every week. Either my brother or I goes and talks to the hospitality. Every week. I did it at Fortfair. I did it at Dunfermline. Yeah, we go and we talk to the fans. We tell them why we've picked the team. It's no easy to do after it. It's yeah. been humped, you know. <laughs> 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 it's your fault. It's not the players' fault. But, um, Have you ever had a fight with a fan? Like, an argument with fans after oh, games? Oh, I always remember one time. Coincidentally, it was against Forfa. There was a boy. At that time, the smoking ban had just started, right? right. And you weren't allowed to smoke the dugout. And Party Thistle were playing fourth for I'm behind the Party Thistle dugout because I'm having a fag I'm the manager. <laughs> and I see this boy shuffling his feet along, right? He's a big, massive bugger, you know? And he's got a fag in. There's about a dozen Party Thistle fans hanging about, you know? And he's getting closer and closer. And I just looked in and I said, you all right, but No, I'm not all right, he says. You're the worst fucking manager Party Thistle's ever had. In fact... You shouldn't have signed this one. You shouldn't have signed Graham Dorns and the rest of that. I said, oh, is that right? I said, you seem to have a big opinion. Aye, you're no fucking listener. So he's up at my nose. But he didn't realise that Big Dick had his, had his own gun when he was younger. I'm no, I'm no fucking <laughs> retarding him anyway. You know? So I grabbed him. <laughs> He's fucking finger my see you a fat bastard. See if you ever talk to me again like that, I'll ram this up your blah 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 blah. And I pushed him away. And all the party thistle fans that there's only one dick Campbell. <laughs> I didn't realise it was one of the main supporters. Do you think maybe you think because you like a laugh though that they think maybe, maybe. Uh, I tell you what, isn't it funny, Sai? I've had my wife been abused. No I've way. had my car slashed, I've had my tires fucking I've had the windies smashed on my car. Um Where was that? A party. Uh, my car was in the car park, and uh, uh, that's what happens when you put writing on cars. 
you know. What? Say again, sorry? You know, writing Dick uh-huh. Campbell or something. <laughs> uh, I learned a quick lesson there, don't put your name on a car. Um, but that's what people do, they'll slash their tyres. Um, I always remember coming out, coming out of practice at one time, my wife was upset because this this guy was, this guy had been shouting abuse at her. Is your man that bastard Campbell? No, that's... <laughs> Yeah, it's partly good, partly uh-huh. good. Uh, Right, your favourite people in the game, referees You've mentioned them before, but A favourite bus stop, have you got one? You know what happened last, last week uh-huh. United, I mean What, did you just lose your head? Uh-huh. I, I, you know, I didn't realise I never realised Me and McCall didn't get one too great uh-huh. Right? Me and, me and McCall Why is right? that? Um, just a couple of things that happened to When I was manager of Partly Thistle Right. And he took over for me. He said a couple of things he shouldn't have said, right? But listen, I talk to you now, he's fine. He's a very big pal of my brother, Ian's, right. you know? But I had nothing to do with the incident at the air, you know? Fucking Stevie Wonder can see it's a penalty kick. <laughs> it's a penalty kick. Uh-huh. Everybody in the world can see it's a penalty kick. And the referee, Disney, fuck. And we were on top of the game. And the winner of that game got Rangers live in the telly. Oh, so so it was a mistake, I didn't realise, I seriously didn't have fucking look at the pitch and he wasn't listening to it. And I'm fucking walking past this man. It wasn't until I go home at night and my wife said to me, Do you see how far you're on that pitch? Which I fuck you. I was about 18 years old. So I was, oh, dear, dear, dear. And you regret that sort of stuff. Uh, you look back and you regret it. Well, I'll never get done again. No. Nah. I'm past worried about me, you know. Yeah. What about yeah. dressing downs after games? What's, can you can you think of a time that you've thought, I've said about your order? Some of the things that you say, you wouldn't say to your worst enemy. Uh-huh. You, you'll you never play for this club again, Louis. Your mum shouldn't have opened her legs. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> just the stupidest thing. The uh, stupidest things you'll say after the game. That was for game. Paul watching that one about the mum, wasn't it? Aye, aye, aye. But I get, I get, uh, I would have to say to you, I don't, I don't think I've got any issues with... Um, I don't like people who have got an opinion. My dad once said to me, opinions are only worth listening to if they're offered, not given. Uh-huh. You know? And I, I don't... I don't uh, I tell you a story about that. We played Forfar um, two years ago to win the championship. Um, I think it was something like the 10th of February. And uh, we were 10 points behind Forfa, right? And they beat us. They go 13 points. 13 points with nine games to go or something. Right. 10 games to go. We were excellent, sir. We were excellent, everything that we did. So I went back in there and they were all expecting the, the wrath, you yeah. know. Uh, I don't like fullbacks playing inside in the back third of the park or the rest of it. I just, doesn't do We lost a goal like that and all that, right? And I said, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, look at me, everyone is. You play like that in the last nine games of the season and you'll have a championship medal to show your burns. I'm telling you now, look at me. And we did. That's it. And a lot of them have said to me, Mark Watley, Colin Hamill and the boys like that, they've said that that's the best uh, post-match address mm-hmm. I've ever had because I couldn't fault them. They, weren't, they were yeah. outstanding. I think we missed a penalty hit the post a couple of times. But uh, that turned it for us. So it's picking and so choosing. Really, it, uh-huh. For all the young man's that are listening in, 
It's no all about you, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's no all about that. See, on that, about... how would you how would you deal with like I say, like in Rangers or a Man United, where the players are so outspoken now, they're also opinionated. Could you could you go and manage a team like say like Rangers, Man United? No, but I would have my restrictions on the on their social media. Are you know, on Instagram now. I would absolutely. There's nobody would be allowed within a hundred yards of that football club with a mobile phone. Nobody. No, so phones are not one thing. No, you must start. Would not be allowed. It's totally an un. It's, it's, it just doesn't bear Pogba. Honestly, why? Don't forget, Sai. People have a pink. People can always give you football opinions after the game. Yeah. The unfortunate thing about a manager is you pick the team before the game. Mm. And everybody can give you an opinion. You can give an opinion. That's why I don't like the press after a game. I mean, I'm just saying yesterday even, there's an article, there's a report in the paper on the Dundee Ardor game. Ardor's not mentioned once. There's not one thing about Ardor. Oh, this is about McDade. The whole... Half page is about McDade. Uh, what else? I think McDade scored two great goals. Probably the 600 Arbos fans that were there yeah. or over there. 1,500, I couldn't make it. Are they not mm. getting to know how the game went? Mm. I think that's what makes me. Does journalism do your nothing in Scotland? That, very much so. And what, what's, the, what's the problem? Again, uh, more league clubs just getting pushed aside. I think they try. Oh, we, we're, we're just, you know, we're insignificant. Really, but um, the Nationals, when you see it, the Celtic and Rangers in it, uh, week in, week out, which is right, they've got 40 odd thousand people watching them. But um, I don't respect, uh, I wouldn't respect um, some of the reporters that are. Have you ever phoned one up after? Uh-huh. Have you? How did you do that? I'm going to tell you who it is, but they know. Right. Uh, I've no idea. Particularly if they report it wrongly. I never said that. And see all my players. I don't know if Jim's the same at your club or not, but my players are not allowed to talk to the press. How come? Until they talk to me. Really? Mm-hmm. Every single player that I've brought will not talk to the press until the press boy phones me and I say, oh, what you got to talk to him about? All right, if I've got Cy Ferry, right? Uh, I want to ask why he's so bad. Ah, why the fuck are you playing him now? <laughs> you were going to come away with him. You don't want your players to be used as a pawn. You don't want anything that you say to be used against you. You know what like it is now. I mean, I've got a, I've got a team in our division this year that weren't very complimentary about us after the game finished. And you'll wait till you see that the next time we play them. Uh, you know, uh-huh. uh, I'll be up the it. wall. Uh-huh. I'll be up the wall because it's bad manners. I have no comment to make about opposition. I have no any input in opposition. Would you ever pull a manager up for it? Would you ever phone <laughs> a manager up? You don't. Uh-huh. Fucking right. I'm, <laughs> oh, I had anything about. I just go in and I just go in and have my. I had my John and I, John and McGann and I had a disagreement last year. Uh, John publicly wrote in the. In his program, that there's evidence that there's um, <clears throat> cracks appearing in our bus defence. Now, whether that 
John thought, and I spoke to John about it. He's a very, very close friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I said to John, um, well, I didn't have to say anything. The team talked to John. You said it all. There's the cracks up here. We beat them one nil. Kept the country. So I just gave it. I mean, fucking cracks a day, John. <laughs> you know, but John was credit. He used that as his motivation. But the problem, what you don't do is you don't go public with it. Mm. You just don't tell anybody what you. You what can sit in the dressing room, but then exactly. I can't. Well, you know what you would do with that. So, but majority of times, I mean, my door's open for any manager. We got, we got a few drums. Brilliant. Uh, right, players. Favourite mm-hmm. players, ability-wise, that you've had, that you've managed? Give us one, a favourite player. Namara. Jackie McNamara. Yeah, back Namara, with evidence. He was, um, he could send a clear picture to everybody how attitude to the game. Um, we, Jockey Scott had put him in the first team when we took over. He was in the first team at 16. Wow. Had the film. And uh, Bert and I just carried it on. He was magnificent. He was magnificent. Attitude to the game, you name him, what he had to do in terms of his attitude to training, uh, his ability, his fitness, how he treated the game, all his ability. We got 800,000 pounds for him, become Celtic captain for 10 years. Greg Shields, 800,000 to challenge him. Fantastic. When you think of the money that we spent at Dunfermline, we built that stadium. Scott McCullough, Andy Todd, Andy Smith, all the boys. The first thing we did at the film it was they uh, got Andy David Moyes and um, was it uh, Billy Davis. There they sold them um, within a, the first month we were there. But Martin Amara would have to be up there amongst yeah. the best. What about best as in major laugh character that you've signed? Neil Cooper was up there with them all, wasn't he? Was he funny? Huh? Oh, he's hilarious, really. Ah, ah, he was. I mind him. I mind him. He was. He was taking a piss at Bert doing a team talk and all that. You know, like copying him. Huh? Ah, he's copying him. And we, instead of going in uh, the main door, we went in the fucking back door. And. That he thought all the players were laughing at him. They were, they were fucking laughing at me and Bert because you could see that story in the back of him, you know. <laughs> God bless him. God uh-huh. bless him. Um, Alan Moore. Alan Moore's a wee chirpy boy. Moore, he was the assistant at Clyde now. Uh, uh-huh. He played him on Saturday. Yeah. You knew um, when the... Uh, I always remember Moore was selling all the stuff, you know, out of the Glasgow boys. They sell everything, uh-huh. you know. I remember we had a wee fashion show and we Mary was selling the leather trousers, and that's where the leather boots we gave come in, you know. And Mary says, Well, the other ones are for boss and all the rest of it, and you're getting them for a quarter of the price, and all the rest of it. And he put them on, and he started walking in the dressing room, and the fucking label fell off. <laughs> <laughs> He's some boy, Mary. <laughs> uh, there were some great, great players. I think uh, uh, what we did at Dunfermline was, it was pretty good. What about the kids that would get you the sack? There have been a few of them. Aye, I've, I've had a few. Tell them about Gary Fraser. No, we Gary, you'll ken him. Uh-huh. He's, he's a right broad dandy. Excuse uh-huh. my accent. Uh-huh, he is. But uh, I'm only here about four weeks and I haven't played him, right? And he's been at Rangers and he's been at Celtic and he doesn't like confidence. Yeah. Right? And he obviously didn't ken Dick Campbell yet, right? So the chap at the door comes... And uh, 
In comes Gary Fries. He's not a big boy, you know. I says, hello, son. What can I do for you? Edges, when he talk to you, get there. <laughs> I says, uh, what do you want to talk about? Edges, when he tell you that I think I should be playing in your first team. I says, you think that I've got a fucking decode on it. You think that you should be in my first team. You're fucking 18 year old. You're honestly, you're at the top of a fucking wedding cake and you fucking want to play in my first team, you see? And he turns around and says, Edges think like that. I said, I'll tell you today, son. Fuck off and in that football pitch and come back and we'll start again. <laughs> he was actually a good enough player. But we talk about every time we see him now. And he's, oh, what he's just a lovely boy. Have you heard that a lot, Dick? Players coming into your office. Very that... rarely. Very, very rarely. I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't, uh, look, I can tell you a few stories about players, uh, to be fair. I've not really had any, anybody coming in. And when you think of the Stuart Peters and um, Scott Thompson's and all the boys at Dunfermline, all they did was want to play. Now, you had a role when you were the assistant manager because you were the one going in between. Uh-huh. I had to put my arms around them and, and all the rest of it. Bert was just absolutely ruthless. Uh, Bert was absolutely ruthless, you know. All right, I need to ask you about your background stuff. We're nearly done. But uh, Foxy says, obviously, the relationship when you've got your brother. Did you once make them stand in a circle and you and your brother fought in the middle? For that often. Well, we stand up. We say, He's one to fight. I'll show you what a fight is. I usually beat you in, it's not a problem beating you in. No. But uh, we, 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 aye, we'll stand in the middle of the dressing room and we'll be set to. Why would you know? He disagrees. I remember one time. I'll tell you a story. See, um, we played Stanley Albion. Uh, the playoff final. No, we had to beat Stanley Albion two years ago. First of all, up at um, Elgin or, or Peter Head or something, I can't remember right. this, but um, we had to win. And uh, a bit crowded. There was a, well, bigger than usual. I think it was about 4,000 or something again. Anyway, five to fucking, five to three. The referee comes in and says, Excuse me, boys, we'll hit you put the, the game back 10 minutes because of the big crowd. It's a beautiful sunny day. And I thought, do you know Kenny about us having a wee sing song and that before I no. gave him? That's fucking brilliant. Oh, he asked us to say about the song I heard. Did you? Anyway, we're sitting. Fucking 10, 15 minutes, as you know, is a long time. Yeah. Right, sit down, yeah. You know this. <laughs> right. Eddie Graham, my striker, um, Brian, Purdy, Brian. Plenty. Plenty, sorry. Sorry, Brian. Apologize. <laughs> great boy, great human being, and a good player. Right, Brian. Right, fucking stand up there. Give us a gambler. And he's all better fucking join in. Right? Listen, and then goes all quiet. Brian starts out, you heard him singing that? Is he brilliant, isn't he? Oh, fucking magnificent. You're up giving it plenty and all that, you know? <laughs> so he was up there and all the players were in. Right? And just at the end of it, the fucking linesman comes in to check the boots. You know? And the boys are fucking at the end of the chorus and they're fucking giving it a gamble, man. And he puts his head in and I says, fuck off. And he's just like, he's trying to do it. <laughs> but that's how we pass the time. Brilliant. Eh? I relieve attention a wee bit before a big game, huh? Well, I think that um, there's there's a hundred different things that you can do to... Um, I don't really 
I don't really get individually uh, ask people to do things that they're not capable of doing. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever done that. Um, I think that's a bad sign if you, if you, you know, the players don't really trust you. Yeah, and and I think they do trust us. So. Uh, last week, but just John Young obviously says he takes other training sessions, but we've had guys like Johnny Russell and they said sometimes when you take it, it's the most unorthodox stuff he's ever seen. Who? Johnny Russell, remember he Johnny for Dundee United? Aye, he came on the uh, uh, Was it uh, was it blowing each other or something? What was the game that you had them playing? Was it slaps? Oh, I can't even. <laughs> he says I was that. black and blue. Oh, see that? Yeah, I mean, by the way, I mean, you know. I love not one time with the film with fucking Marysen, but I did. I, like, I love the... Uh, see, see, when you're warming up, it's very important to warm up. Mm. Fucking get that sorted out, you know. Fucking last to get warmed up. Yeah. See, you get the mud in the stretches, no, you can't a wee bit of this and a wee bit of that. It's a, I like, get yourselves in pairs, right? Get the bottoms off. Get the bottoms off, right? And let's do a bit of pinging, right? Which is fucking pinging off the... Off. And by the way, you get another two points if you leave your partner and ping somebody else. But what happens is if you leave your partner to ping somebody else, somebody comes and pings their partner, it's fucking brilliant. And, and I want to hear it as fucking things. Oh, of course, Foxy would mention that because he was always on the fucking outside, him. He was always on the outside. Right, last, last question. You ever have to deal with agents? Mm-hmm. Agents How do you find them? Agents don't phone me now because... Um, they they despire me if there's such a word in English fucking dictionary. <laughs> they'll say they'll turn they'll fucking phone you up and tell you they've got this player and they've got that player. But why are they comparing that against? They don't know the type of fucking player I've got. Yeah. They don't know what I'm needing. They've never worked with me. They've never seen my players. But they keep phoning me up and telling me they've got this player who will fucking play in their team. Fuck off. I don't. I don't. <laughs> we don't deal with agents at um, Arbor. Uh, bro. No. No, no, I don't. I don't see it at all. Face uh, to face, to face with the players. See these players that get their agents to phone managers or not? Do you ever have that? One of your own players' agents phoning you? <laughs> see what doesn't say, people. You got an agent and they say, "Aye, get yourself the fuck." I'm not interested in an agent. <laughs> I'm not interested in an agent. Right, last question. Well, we'll see Dick Campbell managing the top league in Scotland. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um. I got offered a job uh, in English. Uh, I got offered a scouting job to scout the whole of Scotland. Right. Big money for a, a championship team in England um, at the end of last summer. Um, I just didn't see it. I just didn't see me jumping in a cab and going to watch a player. Not so much. I could see. I could see me going to see that. Going to do that. But it's what happens after I've given an opinion, you know, that mm-hmm. would frustrate me. Uh, I've still got, I'm just, I don't know if my role might change a wee bit, I've still got, um, I believe in uh, the sports scientists and, and all the rest of it in preparation for a game. But do you know what, if, what everybody forgets about a football manager? is getting the best out of the player. That's your job. Never mind all the pitch about... Uh, can stand and jumps, they can jump up here and they can fucking jump out there and, and they, they've got a heartbeat and, and all that. So oh, part parcel. That's what these boys are there today. They. But they're not gonna keep you in a job. Players' abilities and winning matches will keep you in jobs. 
It's a fucking results-related business that we're in. Watch what happens at Dundee. Watch the three Dundee teams are heavy favourites with two young managers, right? Two young managers, heavy favourites. It doesn't matter how fucking much our staff they've got and what they've got and this, and he's a good uh, See, if they fail, their job will be under scrutiny. Mm. I'm afraid that's the way it is. I mean, you're as successful as us. We're, we've not been that bad, but we're always up round about, you know, at the end of the season. Did I know you that all the managers like yourself who've been there and done it never get linked to a Premier League jobs and jobs like the Dundee and Dundee United job? No, we don't worry. I'm not sitting here waiting on them coming to pick me up. You know? No. I'm a biz. Uh, it depends on your vision, so si. I'm not sitting here wanting to be a full-time manager. I'm not sitting here desperate. But there's one, maybe two jobs that I would be kind of... I would think about, mm. you know? But uh, there would need to be... Um, at the start of the season, if you've got ten teams in the league, somebody's to finish but Somebody's to finish yeah. that, right? The situation you've got now is it's very, very unlikely. Uh, you're only getting one up. Remember when I first started playing, it used to be two up. Yeah. Now there's so many playoffs and that's that next thing. Uh, I can't mind who's been in that league. Dundee and Dundee have been in that league four. No, Dundee United have been in about four years now. Four huh? years. So I'm a Dundee United man. Well, I played for them, but um, I still fancy the two of them. I've got to say. I think they were. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, I, I, in terms of that, would be for. Um, I'm not sitting here to say waiting on. Team waiting on. Uh, you never asked me anything about my golf. Have you got an intel as what about? No, we play up at Glen Eagles. Oh, lovely. Uh, You're living life, aren't you? Folk will say to me, what's the best golf shot you've ever seen? I was playing my bladder a couple of weeks ago. £25 a corner, as they call it. Right. right? And at the 18th at fucking Glen Rutherford. No, at Glen Rutherford. Glen Eagles. He stuck his fucking wedge into the water and I stuck mine in the green. That's the best fucking job I've ever seen. That's <laughs> <laughs> bogging in the fucking water the best fucking job I've ever seen. <laughs> but we love it. We take all your customers up there. Get pitched up there for just under £400 <laughs> a year. Um, but I love it. I swear we're um, going right now. Eh? Fancy it now? Aye, we'll be. Oh, let's go. No, we're playing on Friday. We'll be playing Friday. I see. And last question, will I grow still this year? Um, I would have to say we're, we're a medium bit of luck um, and if we get if we get that wee bit of luck we're sat uh, it's going to take a right good team to beat us tell yeah. that because we've got a good unit uh, and I've still got the windows to deal with you spend a few quid in the window wouldn't you uh, I don't mind spending a few quid it's me who raises it it's me who uh-huh. <laughs> raises it you know <laughs> I don't the chairman's good. Chairman's gave me a few quid, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, I've got a good enough team. Just now, Dick. What a man! Great. Thanks very much. Great. Mate. Cheers. At Audi, we believe you deserve the best of both worlds. Experience the power of petrol with the efficiency of electric with the new Audi Q5 TFSIE plug-in hybrid. Cover everyday journeys in electric mode or go further with an effortless switch to the petrol engine. 
the new Audi Q5 TFSIE plug-in hybrid is part fuel, part electric, all Audi. Audi. Vorsprung durch Technik. You know that feeling you get when you sense a team's winning streak is about to end? Or when you know the pundits are getting it all wrong? That feeling? That's me. I'm your hunch. I was there back in Istanbul when you just knew the comeback was on. I'm the guy that tells you when the odds don't look so odd. I'm your hunch. It's time to start listening. Heed your hunch with Betway. Download the app to find out more about Betway's Bet Club. Full terms apply. 18 plus, dunlouis.net. Bet the responsible way. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.